All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back to another great podcast. My name is Omar. And my name is Juan. And this is The Intrinsic Podcast. With a Y. Hell yeah. It's good to be back. Yep. We want to give a quick little shout out to uh, David Goggins because uh, he's kind <laughs> of uh, kicking my ass right now. An uh, insane shout out to David Goggins. I've read his book. Well, this is now my third time reading his book. And I can't, I don't know the amount of times I've listened to his two podcasts with Joe Rogan. I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying that he has um, quite literally changed my life. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, me as well, up. probably more indirectly because I haven't read his book, but you have. And you tell me a lot <laughs> yeah. about the stuff that you read. So yeah. it's, it's definitely influenced me uh, to make some improvements in my life. And it's going to continue to do that. Um, I really got to get on my shit and buy that book, though. So um, today we kind of uh, finally got back together. You just kind of took a quick little vacation down in Mexico. Yep. You want to inform the listeners on how that was? <laughs> yeah, so I went to El DF, the Mexico City, and it was pretty crazy. I haven't been in, to Mexico in about a year, two years actually now. Mm-hmm. Um, totally different experience because last time I went to my sort of home, my, what is it, my home country? No, not my home country. Home state? Or? My home state, yeah, yeah, there you go. I went to Michoacan, where I'm from, to visit my family, so that was different. But this was a lot more, a lot more people and mm-hmm. a lot more crowded. Big so city. different, yeah, different Mexico than I remember. But it was just overall super cool to see a different type of Mexican people, los chilangos, como le dicen ahí. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to eat a bunch of tacos and you know have some good food there, um, share some interesting experiences. I actually went to Pujol, which was. The shit. It's um for those of you that don't know it, it's the currently I think the number twelve best restaurant in the world. It's in Mexico City, so it's super crazy experience. Obviously, great food, but the overall vibe I think was what really did it for me. Yeah, you wanted all the sauce, all the fucking sauce, and you get the sauce when you're in Mexico. All the mole, all the mole. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, yeah, we we haven't seen each other for a little bit of time. I mean, we see each other like every weekend, but... Damn, bro, I missed you. I know, dude. It's been so long. But uh, it was just funny because we are catching up before this and we are like going back and forth, back and forth for a long time. Three hours to be precise. Three hours. That, we could have made like three podcasts right <laughs> We should have recorded that shit. You guys missed, you guys missed out. <laughs> you guys missed some great shit, three hours. But uh, we are basically kind of catching each other up, so we just wanted to catch you guys up on that as well. Um, for myself, I kind of recently was kind of going through a bit of like a, a funk and then slightly afterwards was like a little bit of like a uh, fog in my mind space. I uh, couldn't quite figure it out. And then earlier this week, uh, yesterday, actually, I kind of finally broke it down and I was able to kind of pinpoint to what exactly was happening. I dealt with it. Um, and I now have this clarity in my mind where I'm like, okay, like it was distracting me from the path that I needed to be on. And that's enough of that. I know what happened. I know how it happened. I know why it happened. Time to move on. Press that reset button and get back to fucking shit up. Uh, And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today uh, is kind of discipline and commitment, right? Both of the things that I lack. So (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's where we're going to talk about it (laughs) because we know nothing about it. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of people that have issues with this. Right, And the first point I want to make is it's interesting how much we lack these things, how much, 
how difficult it is for us to be assertive with ourselves and, and have discipline or, or be committed to something when we both know, right, and everybody else that's listening to us knows it's for your own good. It's going to make improvements in your life. But yet it's like the biggest ask for us. It costs so much. It's like draining, really. It's like get discipline, get committed to this. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, I know, I want it. Yeah, I need it, but it feels like so much work. Yeah, I think a good place to start is splitting those up. I mean, you need both commitment and discipline, but I would argue first before discipline, before anything else, you need to actually commit to a certain thing. Right. Because how many times have you done something and you're just half-assing it? Yeah. You're just going through the motions like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, I mean, when I first started working out, I wasn't really doing it. I was jumping from machine to machine, just putting, you know, the biggest weight there. Like, oh, yeah, I can yeah. do this. Like, fuck yeah. Doing it once you or know. twice. All right, I got yeah, that yeah, one. I got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just half-assing it. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, the importance here is that first sort of step of commitment. Mm-hmm. So what's your sort of, what has been your experience, at least, with commitment? I mean, personally. Well, for me, I think I've had a, like a lifelong issue with commitment. And that goes kind of for relationships uh, and also just different things in my life. It's this weird thing where I love talking about different things. I love embracing different ideas. But when it comes down to the actual action of, okay, let's commit to this thing because you just mentioned it was really interesting. You're interested in it. Let's now commit to it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's why, why is that though? That makes, I don't know. Why, why is that? I think it comes from a, uh, I think one of the reasons would be like coming from a place of like fear of failure. Right. That's only something that I've learned recently that I actually, uh, embrace now is the failure. But a long time ago or not too long ago, like I would be in fear of failure because if I failed, that mean that meant that basically everything I did was just kind of a waste of time to me. Really? I didn't really cherish or understand the value of failing at a task because it's really not failure. It's just kind of like, it's just a term, you know, the quote unquote failure, but it's really part of the process to growing, part of the process to improving. You have to fail at some point in the process, right? Um, And you'll learn from those failures. You'll learn from those mistakes. But yeah, I mean, to commit to something meant, ah, okay, that means that this is going to change something. I have to change and coming out from a place where I always sought out that comfort, being complacent, not wanting to change, it meant the complete opposite, right? Yeah. I've also had, I would say, difficulty with commitment. I just think, and I don't think I ever really got past it. I just think I got to a certain mindset where I just stopped questioning things enough to where I, I didn't even acknowledge, like, all right, I'm committing to this. I would just I would just go. You just did it. I would just go and do it. But I think it's pretty valuable to actually acknowledge it. Like, I am committed to this. Because in a similar sense, I think when you commit to something, it almost becomes part of your identity, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, okay, I'm committed to this. I'm going to be a plumber or whatever. I'm going to go down this route, whatever it is that does become a part of who you are. It doesn't become everything, but it becomes a part of who you are because you're committing, whether it be time or effort or probably both in that case, to give this specific thing, whatever it is, your quote-unquote 100% effort. Right. All that you are, 
todo lo que tú eres, you want to give that. And you want to put yourself in whatever that is, hoping that, you know, you'll end up being successful. I just think, like, you know, it makes me laugh because, like, that lack of commitment sometimes, the way I see it is, like, running a whole marathon. Mm -hmm. And then you're in first place. You're running the whole marathon. And then, like, right, you know, maybe a mile before, like, hmm. Do I actually want to be in first place? Like, yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I don't want to finish, you know, maybe I don't even want to finish this marathon. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's like, Jesus Christ, you've ran this whole way and you're doing this amazing thing and you feel great about yourself and it's helping your life and your fitness and whatever it is. But yet still that commitment there is there. That to me is like, that's something I haven't necessarily felt because... Immediately, if something's good to me, I'm like, okay, this is good to me. I need to keep doing this. Keep rolling. In order to, you know, keep improving myself. Yeah. It's interesting because I can re recall, like, a memory, like, since I was, like, a little kid where, uh, like, say, playing soccer, right? Uh, I was good. I wasn't the best, like, not in my league. I mean, it was, like, recreational, nothing fancy. But I was good. But every year as time went by that I continued playing soccer, I slowly got worse. And that was because <laughs> I didn't keep up, like, in a decent diet, you know. As soon as summer came along where I wasn't playing, you know, soccer, like, during the off season, it's mm -hmm. like, all right, let's go overindulge in some fast food. Let's go be lazy. Let's not really, like, do anything productive. And so by the next season, when it came along, it's like, oh, now I'm that much, like, less capable of reaching my peak performance, reaching the top of my game. And it just continued and continued and continued. So it's like I was going on a downward slope. To the point where, like, I finally just kind of quit. I was like, oh, well, that's just not for me. It's like, no, I would have never known if it was really for me or not because I never gave him at all. Yeah. Right? And it's because of the lack of commitment. Had I really been committed to it, I probably could have, you know, maybe gotten a scholarship or something out of it and reached a different path in life. But due to that lack of commitment, I limited my doors. More doors started closing on me, and I was the one that was locking or closing them, not somebody else. And would you say that your level of commitment to a specific thing like in other words i think that you are more willing to commit to things that you do like than things that you don't like necessarily like if there's like an an interest in it for you or right would you, would you agree with that because i some things that i've not committed to i've cared not like nothing about okay while others that i have i'm like okay i'm gonna actually try to do this and see like you said Go through the end, see what happens, and then if you know something turns out from it, then great. If not, then no. Yeah, yeah, I think that does have a major. Uh, that's a major component in it. Like, say, if I were to connect it to relationships when I was like younger and I was trying to date and all that, I would lack the commitment to really go all the way through with the relationship. I'd go through the whole honeymoon phase, right, where you're like all lovey-dovey, <laughs> yeah. holding hands. And then it's like, okay, let's let's actually make this a legitimate relationship. It's like, ah, oh, well, you know. Yeah, I actually have a doctor's appointment. Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got a job, you know. <laughs> you know, one thing that I'll say I'm still, I have trouble committing to is a location. Ah. And I know people <laughs> laugh at that. But I, I hate being confined to one specific location. Mm. I mean, if you look at my job, the company I'm trying to start, I mean, the podcast itself, like, I don't enjoy being in one specific place yeah. i enjoy having that freedom of like if tomorrow i'm like hey you know what i want to move to new york or or uh barcelona or some some random ass place that i could actually pick up all my stuff say goodbye to people and then be like all right you know i'll be over here for the next year or two years 
and I've and I've spoken to this, I've spoken about this to you. I have this vision of like living in different places for a certain per- periods of time. Yeah, a year, two years, just for the sake of exploring places and. Also, something that my mom has mentioned, like, now that you're making money, like, you should put it towards buying a house. I'm like, what the fuck? House? Yeah. How do you think I am? Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to buy a fucking house. And, yeah. and again, it's because when you buy that house, to me, you've said, you've put your roots down. Right. Sure, you can live in different places, but if you're paying your mortgage, if you're paying this or that, chances are you're going to probably say, like, all right, I'm paying all this money. I might as well use it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you look, and five, ten years later... That's where you live. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned that, that's kind of interesting because it kind of sparked something else inside of me where it's like, along with the fear of committing to something, there's also like the fear of settling, right? Because then that's also another form of kind of conforming or becoming complacent, having your life now be stagnant. Like you settle down, you got your wife, your kids or your family. And now that's, that's going to be the general guideline of how your life goes on from that point on forward. Right. Where, Commitment versus settling yeah, is what it is. Yeah. And it's like once I would settle for something or if I was about to settle for something, that's kind of what I would look at that thing instead of committing to it. It's more like, oh, I'm settling for this, right? Like, oh, I'm going to settle for this this uh, nice young lady that I met into a relationship. Like, this is what I'm settling in. <laughs> this nice young lady. Hey. What are you, 60 years old? <laughs> I met, hey, I met great people. I met great women. Omar has met very nice young ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be a gentleman, okay? I'm very, I'm very jealous. I want to be like you, all right? I want to be like Juan Carendon. There's, there's no Omar Carendones out there, so. Yeah, but I don't call them nice ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gentleman, okay? That's a fair thing. That's something... Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a connection that I haven't made either. Yeah. The Yeah, sometimes you don't want to commit to things because you feel like you've settled. Right. And you feel like this is all there is. But really I think the difference there is that commitment is not necessarily permanent. That commitment is saying I don't know how this job is going to work. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to commit for the next 6 months. Yeah. And in these six months, I'm going to give it my fucking all. And if something happens, good, something good happens, I get a raise, I learn something that's crazy, so on and so forth, then let's do it. But if after a certain period of time in which you're committed, nothing has come about from all that effort or nothing that you necessarily are happy with, then I think it's a valid thing to say, okay, I've committed to this, I gave it my all. And like we said, once you've done that, you can walk away. Yeah. You can walk away. Same thing, right? When you're giving advice to friends, when you're doing this or that. Once you do everything that you think you can do and you've committed to helping someone or getting a certain job, it's very, very simple to let go of at that point. Yeah. Because if it doesn't turn into something you like, all right, I tried, I committed, on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a commitment, when you really break it down, is essentially an investment of your time. Now... Say if you're... A focused investment of your time. A focused, yes. A yep. focused invest, investment of your time. Like say if you're looking into maybe changing a career path or a different job or something. It's like, okay, why do you want to do it in the first place? Like, oh, well, maybe this job is just not for you. You don't like it. You don't enjoy it. Uh, you're bored or you're not learning anything anymore. Okay. Well, now you're going to commit yourself to finding a new job, something that will interest you. Like you said, it's something that in one way or another kind of benefits you because you enjoy it. It's something that you want to do, right? So you invest that time into searching for a new job. But what happens once you get the new job? Are you now going to become complacent again and kind of just, all right, now I get to 
kind of like kick back again, you know, because I settled for this. Like, no, 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 this is just the next step up. And then from that point on, maybe sometime soon after that, you realize, okay, this is no longer for me either. I'm bored with this too. And then on to the next one, on to the next one. It's not necessarily a form of settling. It's rather just another step forward. And that, I guess, is kind of my flawed judgment from when I was younger that I still kind of have every now and then is that it's that fear that I feel where it's like, oh, if I commit to this, I'm going to settle for this and nothing else. Because, I mean, we're, we all have those like thoughts like the what ifs or I should have or I could have or whatever, right? And in my mind, it's like the second that I would commit to that, like all those what ifs or all those other possibilities are immediately like deleted. It's like they were just thrown in the trash bin and those will never be possible ever again, right? Mm-hmm. But it's rather on the contrary because once you've committed to something different, it's like you tried it out. Maybe it was for you. Maybe it wasn't. Whatever. But now you get to cross that one off the list. Then you get to move on to the rest of the options. Yeah. Without regrets is the big the big thing there. No regrets. You can do, <laughs> you can do that without regrets. Yeah. And I think the driving force behind that itself, committing, attacking, reevaluating, committing to the next thing, so on and so forth, is the discipline itself. Mm-hmm. Because without that, I would argue you can't even commit. Because even if you commit and say, okay, I'm committing to this, I'm going to go and work out every day to be in the soccer club or whatever. Those are just words as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Those are just words, but the actual work and planning and tangible effort comes from that discipline itself. Yeah. And I've said this before on the podcast, it's something personally, like it's still such an elusive fucking thing to me, this fucking discipline. Mm -hmm. I have the drive. I have a lot, but the discipline is still something I'm still trying to get. And again, I mentioned not just location wise, but actual time wise, my job and the company, I'm sorry, and all that sort of stuff. I liked it because I didn't have to be in a specific location nor time at a specific point. Mm-hmm. I could go work whenever I want. I mean, in the morning, at night, doesn't matter. But really what I was doing is hiding, I wouldn't say an insecurity, but just hiding, avoiding the actual discipline of it. I would always hate waking up to go to school, right, in high school, wake up, <laughs> you know, six, seven in the morning, take the bus, I had like AP Calc in the morning, so I had to wake up fucking crazy early, be there, class, the next class, the next class, and you have all these blocks of time that I always hated. Yeah. I've always hated I have to be here. I've always hated just the word have to. Like if you tell me like, hey, you have to do this, my immediate like <laughs> knee-jerk reaction is to like tell you to fuck off. Yeah, like, ah, fuck you. I'm not gonna lie. It's just like fuck you. Why do I have to do that shit? But <laughs> <laughs> and so I would I would hate when I would tell myself that, oddly yeah. enough. I mean I wouldn't tell myself, hey, fuck you. <laughs> you know <laughs> Dude, I have like this image in my head, like you like going for a job interview and the yeah. guy's like, Yeah, so you have to be here by nine and right away you're like, fuck you, I don't want this yeah, job. I'm out, bro. I'm out. <laughs> Honestly, I, I yeah. And I, I like that freedom, but at the same time I've realized and I've told you, especially recently since coming back from Mexico, yeah, that I've always chased this fucking discipline thing, but I've never been willing to tell myself, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. I've always been very, very free with how I go about my day. You know, the main thing is like, okay, I'll I'll go work. 
But I, I've never even said like, hey, you have to go work. You yeah. have to go do this. Because at least for me personally, like I'm going to get paid either way. Mm-hmm. Right? But now what I've begun doing is, okay, I have to be brutally honest and very strict with myself. Because as I've been reading the David Goggins book and, you know, just realizing that on my own, it's like we have 24 hours in the day. And how much time do we waste on Instagram, on Snapchat? I mean, I've deleted all my social media, but I still waste a lot of time reading news articles that I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. You know, checking maybe that Robin Hood app a little bit too much. Yeah, checking this, up on los chismes con las comadres. <laughs> this thing and that thing. And and there's a lot of wasted time that, you know, you think about, oh, it's just 15 minutes here and there. And in the days, they accumulate to a couple hours and the months to a couple of days. And yeah. you talk, then you start talking about in the years, you've wasted like a month. Yeah, when you really break it entire month of your life. Like, wow. Like, yeah, you were just sitting on your ass for a whole month. And for a whole fucking month, literally. Yeah. And so I've actually now personally discipline wise i've said okay i have to do this so i've created very concrete plans and very concrete schedules to where i can say okay i have it on the schedule that at this time i'm supposed to go work out i'm not there i need to hurry hurry the fuck up and get there because it's there and i have to do this and i'm not gonna lie it's still it's still a work in progress but sure sure i'm still learning how to tell myself you have to do this yeah because again for me personally Whenever I say that, I have the tendency of saying, fuck you, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always on your mind. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, listen, like, this is for your good, for your own good, yeah. right? And it's almost like, in my mind, I'm like justifying it, like, this is for your own good, you should do this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm just like, all right, I just have to fucking do this. So yeah. now, I, you know, I'll check back in a couple episodes, but I think... I think I figured this discipline thing out. Yeah. Hopefully. Again, this isn't gonna be words or anything, but in a couple couple of weeks we'll see if it's if it's maintained. Yeah, we'll check back in with you guys. Yep. Um yeah, I think it's really easy to lack the discipline to do anything because that's essentially just not to do anything. And I mean what's easier than not doing anything, right? Yeah. I think that's why it's so easy to fall into that trap. It's like Oh, uh, yeah, I need you to be, get a little bit more disciplined, man. I, I need you to get this task jo- done at the job. And you're just kind of like lacking some discipline, man. Like what's going on? And it's like, oh, I don't know, man. Just kind of, you know, going through stuff. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, you're going through your life issues, but this is a job. This is something that needs to be done regardless. This is what we pay you for, right? And that's kind of a good example to kind of set the mood for how to go about being disciplined or getting discipline done or in your life. It's besides the point yeah you may be struggling yeah there might be things going on in your life we all go through shit um we talk about it all the time and i'm you know i'm very honest with the things that go on in my life that i'm dealing with but even then it's like okay you're going through that and what about the discipline and what about committing to this right because it's easy to kind of use that as an excuse whatever you're going through right like, for me, that's my personal go-to, right? Like, why aren't you committed? Why aren't you disciplined? Okay, okay, let's see. What excuse am I going to use this time, right? <laughs> it's like you have your favorites, right? Yeah. It's like they're at the top of your, your mind. Like, oh, am I going to use this one? No, no, no. Uh, I already used that too much. It's, uh, let's go. Let's, with, let's spice it up. Let's yeah, do this one. Let's already. go with excuse B, uh, you know, subtopic, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like different genre. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what we do. Like, we do this so often and we don't even realize is that when people are trying to help us out, the first thing that we come up with is an excuse as to why we don't want to accept that help. 
right? And Ain't it's a shitty thing shit. to do. I've gone through it. You've gone through it. I mean, you, when you were helping me out, dealing with my uh, issues when I hit rock bottom, I'm sure all you got was a bunch of excuses. It's like, <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the form that they came in was, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And to this day, those words fucking annoy me. Yeah, but. We about to do that. <laughs> but the thing is, okay, you have these excuses. Why are they excuses? Why are they so important? Why are they so crucial as to why you can't get this thing done? And when you really break it down, you really look into it, it's bullshit, right? Now, I recently was trying to help somebody out with something. I won't go into too much detail, but I realized that I had basically exhausted every bit of energy that I had into that thing. And I realized, okay, I committed myself to try to help this person and it didn't quite work out. Now that's where I stop. That's where I draw the line. That's the limit. Because now it's became an excuse for me not to make any adjustments in my own life. It's like now my life is revolving around this certain thing that has nothing to do with me, right? And we're all good people, right? I love helping out people, but that's my problem. Is I'd rather go help somebody else out than help myself out. And so that was a point where I was like, okay, I'm drawing the line here. I'm moving on. That's not my battle, right? You have to choose your battles. And you move on. And now that we're talking about this, I'm like, yeah, I got some fucking work to do. I'm not committing myself. I'm not disciplining myself. And why is that happening? Because I'm using these other little things that I'm doing that might be positive, might be improving somebody else's life as excuses. Yeah, there's some benefit to it, but why not help yourself out before you help others, right? Just like what we've talked about before. And so that's kind of my issue, and that's kind of how I'm breaking it down. Maybe you guys that are listening might kind of resonate with that a little bit, where it's like, oh, yeah, fuck. Like, I was trying to help out my neighbor with their dog because they didn't have anybody to take care of it. But meanwhile, you're over here, like, really needing to go to the gym or really needing to go get that next interview for the next job that you want. But yet you're like, oh, let me help out the neighbor, though. They look like they really need the help. It's like, motherfucker, fuck the dog, man. They can go fucking hire somebody else to take care of it. Like, you got shit to do. Like, their problem is not your problem. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, in a non-selfish way. <laughs> in a non-selfish way. <laughs> yeah, it, it just reminded me of um, actually when I was flying to Mexico, and you know they do that whole um, that almosas or whatever the flight attendants they do that whole thing where they show you the exits, all that oh, sort yeah, of yeah. shit, right? And then the one thing that they say is, you know, in case of cabin of loss of cabin pressure or whatever, put on your mask, but always put on your mask first before helping someone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny as you were saying that. Like, yeah, it makes sense. How are you gonna? I mean, I know that's a very literal example, but literally, yeah. how are you going to help someone out when you don't have that oxygen? Yeah, and then there's always somebody like in the crowd too, like raising their hand. What about the children? They're like, yeah. help yourself first before you help and out then the, children. the children. Yeah, exactly. And in a similar sense, right? I mean, we're talking about oxygen. I would, I would argue that commitment and discipline are as important to your success as oxygen is. Mm. You know, it's as needed. You can't live go, without it. Yeah, you can't live without it. You can't live. You can live without it. I just think you can't live a memorable and satisfying life without it. Mm. Because okay. there are a lot of people that don't have commitment. There are a lot of people, like myself previously, that didn't have discipline. And it's a perfectly okay life. Yeah. But that's it. That's just okay. O-K-A-Y. That's it. Okay. There's, <laughs> there's nothing else but that. But what I'm arguing is... Not just in this episode, but I think my overall sort of argument with this podcast is like, if you want to be more, if you do want to leave 
the insecurities behind and form a new version of who you are mm-hmm. to evolve, to truly fucking evolve. And I'm not saying you have to become this crazy person, you know, within the span of a couple of days. I'm saying through consistent effort and commitment and discipline, all these things we've talked about through episode and episode and episode, truth, redemption, all these sort of things. That's how you can inch forward to becoming who you want to be. Yeah. And that, to me, is worth all the effort. Absolutely. It's worth all the headaches and the fuck, why am I doing this? And I'm sore and I don't want to do this anymore. The doubt, the insecurity, all that shit is worth it to me if you actually go through with it. Because what you will find is on the other side, the grass will be greener. Yeah. Not because it was just like that, but because you made it greener. You watered that bitch. You watered that bitch. Yeah. And now, right, you can harvest whatever it is you planted. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you're 40, 50, 60, you are going to be living the life you created. Yeah. Right? And that's why I think a lot of, you know, sort of people are depressed at that age because they begin to realize, holy shit, I don't have a lot of time in this world. And I didn't actually do the things that I wanted to do. I've done very little. I didn't travel. I didn't paint. Whatever it is, I didn't start a company. All these regrets come in. And now not only do you have the pressure of the regrets, but now you have the time pressure. Yeah. And everyone has a time pressure. But when you're older, you have a she bigger time real. pressure. Yeah. I mean, you can't, right, which is with investing. You can't invest the same as a 20-year-old because yeah. they have time on their hands. You, unfortunately, do not. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you're right. When you're younger, it's a lot easier to fuck off because, like, what's that little thing with the sand in it? Like the the, the time sand sand clock, something sand like clock. that. Yeah, like the or majority of the sand is still at the top, so yeah. it's really easy. Like, oh yeah, look at all this time I have. But then when it's on the opposite end, when it's towards the end, and you look up and you're like, oh, I don't have that much grain of salt up there, and you're like, fuck, and you want to get like every freaking bit of salt and like yeah. like throw it back up there or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, 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 hold up, give me more time, give me more time, <laughs> give me more time. And that's something that I think has like separated me and it's starting to separate you from other people that i've always looked up and i'm like fuck that seems like a lot of sand but it really is not a lot of sand no i mean you think all right i'm 24 i'm i'm good i have all this time no bro you do not have a lot of time life and is it's too short that sense of urgency that i think lead you to become the person that you want to become a lot quicker yeah because you know if you become a a total like gangster by the, by the time you're 70s and you're like i have all this money you can't skydive anymore you can't bungee jump you can't go white water rafting or travel as much like you're just gonna be sitting in a hotel eating some lobster and shit like that's kind of lame yeah make it some crab maybe some shrimp why just love no just kidding <laughs> yeah no yeah but it kind of goes uh it, 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 it's when you break it down that's kind of how it goes and the whole purpose of us telling you these things and, and kind of reflecting on them ourselves is exactly for that reason is to avoid leading that life. When you turn back, you don't want to see the whole row of excuses, the whole line of excuses that just is basically just bullshit. It's like a trail of bullshit that's just following you down the timeline. You want to look back and see the progress. You want to see that dedication that you put in all those little obstacles that no longer matter. It's kind of like in a video game when you complete something it no longer has color to it. It's like in black and gray, you know, it's still there, but it's not as important. It's kind of like in the background now. And that's what you want. You want these things that are, uh, you know, right now, perhaps very important to you and that are kind of fucking with your mind and not allowing you to get ahead. 
you want those things in your life. You want those obstacles to be there. You want to hold them up like trophies when you conquer them. You still want them in the background, but they don't have to define you. You don't have to deal with them every day. Once you accomplish the goal in mind, once you get that discipline, once you're committed to really being the best version of yourself, all those things are just trophies, but you move on. You'll carry them with you, but they no longer actually have any weight, right? It's not like something that you're carrying with you the whole way down. They're just little mementos, really. And to take care of yourself is not selfish, that's something really important people have to realize because that's something I couldn't acknowledge myself. Like, oh, if I take care of myself, then I can't take care of anybody else. It's like, well, if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be able to. Yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah. And, I mean, we've said this before, but you don't take care of yourself. Nobody else is going to do it, you know? There's no fucking way. You really, you're going to tell me that people would actively go out of their way to do everything for somebody's life just to have them, like, continuously fail because they don't even value the amount of help that's being put into them and then yet your life is put on the side, mind you, life is still going on. You're still aging. You know, your life is still going on at the same time. So it's like, what, what, what are you going to do with that? It's yeah. just a bad investment of time. Yeah. And I love that. I don't know if it's a quote or a phrase, but I love that concept of no one's coming to help. No one's coming to help. And it sounds, the first time I heard it, which actually was in that fucking David Goggins book, was like, no one's coming to help. It felt lonely. I'm not going to lie. It felt like, fuck, it's just me. And as someone from, you know, Mexican culture, you know that family is super ingrained in our culture. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. Your family is there. Even if, like, arguably your family is hella shitty, you have to be there for them. Right. And the same thing, if you're a hella shitty person, they have to be there for you. It's almost like a a cultural contract. It's like an exchange. Exactly. And... But the thing is, like, hearing that, right, no one's coming to help, isn't saying you're alone in this world. It's only saying you need to learn to not rely on people. Yeah. You need to be self-reliant. And you need to build, in a sense, there's this concept that in the book, David Goggins mentions, called the backstop. Now, a backstop is something he uses for navigation, but also for life. And it's essentially a little bit of a, a nudge, a warning that... If you have a goal, so I want to become this person, or I want to go from point A to point B, backstops are essentially things that will keep you in line. So that if you deviate away from your path, you hit one of those backstops and you think, oh, fuck, I'm not on the right path. Yeah. Turn around, reevaluate, let's get back on track, and so on and so forth. So you put multiple backstops so that if you go further and further and deviate further away from your path, then the backstops and the reminders, in a sense, become louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. And you start realizing, okay, I'm very much off my path. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, right, you setting yourself up and you setting those backstops yourself, you don't need anyone for that. If you have those backstops in place, you, I would argue, are independent. You're self-reliant. You don't need anyone else because you don't need anyone right to be babysitting. You don't need anyone to be telling you, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. Hey, remember like three months ago, that thing? Yeah, actually, that thing is coming back. Like you need to do that. Right. That's how you, I would argue, become an adult and become, again, self-reliant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, like here's an example that I can give too that maybe some people might understand, especially coming from a Hispanic background. I feel like a lot of people... uh deal with this i mean i've heard about this from a lot of people and it's where 
your parents create this this world where they're always and it, it feels like this way, but it's not really. They have their best interests for you. They really do love you, but it becomes a form of like harassment, like every single second of every day. Like, did you do this? I would need you to do that. Go do this. Go do that. It's like they're giving you a checklist, like right off the top of their head every single day. It's like you're and, being berated. Yeah, and the more you hear it, like the more it bothers you. And it's like <laughs> if you're me, yeah. you're a freaking asshole. The less you do it, right? Because you're just reminded of it that much more, and it's you. Yeah. You begin to hate these tasks instead of maybe breaking it down realizing oh yeah she's been reminding me or he's been reminding me about this for like three months and i still haven't done it yeah i should probably try to do it it, it becomes this weird kind of uh uh like self-ingrained hate for that task it's not even the person that's telling you it's just a task that you start to hate right and so obviously what's the number one way to get rid of that you know constant harassment constant reminder is you just do something about it you go out of your way you get the task done now most people don't realize that right away. I didn't realize that right away. Sometimes people think it's not that easy, but it really is because that's how you get your road to independence because you start providing for yourself. You start doing things on your own. And you no longer need anybody to be reminding you of all these things. It's, of course, easier said than done. It is work, but that's the whole point. When you become an adult, when you grow up, when you're self-efficient, uh, it's because you are an adult. It's because you are growing up. It's because you're taking care of business, right? If your car breaks down, you're the one that's calling insurance. You're the one that's changing that tire. If you have a leak at your home, you're the one that's making calls if you can't fix it yourself, right? It's not like your parents are going to come over like, hey, so uh, yeah, let's fix this leak for this guy, you know, because he's going through a rough time. It doesn't really work that way. Maybe some people have their life like that, but that's not the normal way of living life because through that process, you learn how to be a responsible adult. And that's what you need to learn when you want to form your own family or else what are you going to teach your kids? to also be giving up, to also be complacent. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I don't know if you remember, but in high school, a lot of people would would be mad like, why aren't we learning about taxes? And why aren't we learning about all these other things? Like, why are yeah. we learning about useless... Yeah, they don't show know, us the real shit. Pythagorean theorem shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny because on one side, I was like, well, that shit's simple. Like, you just Google it on mm. YouTube. Like, I learned how to do my taxes in, like, 30 minutes on YouTube. Yeah. That was it. That's also, like, TurboTax, all that sort that of fact. shit. But it's more than that, right? Like you said, like, me personally, right, this week, like, <laughs> funny fucking story. Well, not funny because it sucks, but kind of funny story. <laughs> Hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious to those that didn't happen. Yeah, thanks, Omar. <laughs> was actually someone stole my fucking catalytic converter. And it was a... Uh, piece of shit sort of scenario yeah took it to the mechanic confirmed so on and so forth and that to me that moment was very clear that all this work that i had been doing you know conditioning myself mentally all this sort of stuff paid off because it happened i took it to the mechanic i came back and that was that was almost it that was it i wasn't nervous about it i wasn't sad i wasn't angry mm -hmm. you know i just you know i called you up and i honestly started laughing with you about yeah. it <laughs> right and that's that's a funny thing right you think something that's gonna take a couple potentially a couple g's out of your wallet like yeah. it's like a fucking big thing it is but you when you can't help it you know and when you've built up your in a sense mentality this sort of shit as big as it may seem it's nothing I mean, it's yeah. something you fucking brush your shoulder and that's it. All right, next. Yeah. Next thing. 
And so to me, that self-reliance is that itself. And I and I became very apparent that day that I all this shit that I've done was actually worth something. Right? I'm not right. just wasting my fucking time here because as soon as that happened, I knew what to do. Okay, number one, I need to take it to the mechanic. All right, I identify that. Number two, I need to file a police report. Number three, right, I need to contact uh, my insurance, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Then I need to already start thinking about, okay, is it worth it? You know, my car isn't the youngest car. You know, it's kind of out there. It's a yeah. little bit old. So it's like, all right, is it worth it? Should I put it in? So these are already things that I've started to think about. And then I started honestly evaluating the second I got back from the mechanic. Yeah. Why? Again, because I've done all this work so that this thing, that is arguably a big thing for a lot of people, I looked past it. It happened. Move on. Yep. The, 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 the thing happened. Where do we go from here? Okay, that doesn't work. Let's try this thing, that thing, that thing. And you immediately go to the solutions and having that quick response, I think it's worth everything. Yeah. Because that's one specific instance, but imagine something bigger, some some big some bigger incident, you know, where your company sued or something like that. Yeah. You need to decide very quickly what are you gonna do yeah. to move on from that point. Or like a health issue too. Exactly. And having that commitment and especially having that discipline, right? A great week for me to be disciplined and yeah. for me to build that schedule and sort of stuff. Yeah. And a great date for me to buy groceries the day before. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That now has put me in a very good position where now I'm like, okay, happen. These are my steps forward. If this fails, I have my backup and we'll go from there and see how it goes. Yeah, see, and that also separates you from uh, different kinds of people because especially nowadays with social media, somebody's first initial reaction would be like, oh, let me take a picture of this. I'm going to post about it. I'm going to complain about it. Or yeah. I'm going to you know throw a bunch of f-bombs out there like cut someone out yeah fuck the world fuck you you prick i hope you know what's coming to you yeah like, you fuck karma with the, yeah, you fuck with the wrong person you don't know who you're fucking with and it's like shut up bitch. with that same voice too yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it's like shut up bitch nobody knows you like, yeah. who the fuck are you and and that's just to kind of also remind you guys that we're you know regular people just we're trying, fucking humans yeah i mean shit happens to us all the time yeah um and that's not to degrade ourselves or to kind of like give you guys a sob story it's just that we deal with the same shit everybody else does but the difference is that we don't fucking complain about it we don't say oh now my life is over like oh because of this i can't get the rest of the shit done this week like no you fucking improvise like that one guy at bear grills like <laughs> improvise adapt you, you drink know? your pee people <laughs> that's what you do to survive okay that's the point of this podcast that's the whole moral yeah. story but in reality it seems like he's a freaking savage out in nature, but he's doing every possible thing to survive, right? That's what he shows you in that show. Mm-hmm. And what we're showing you right now is to do every possible thing to continue to stay alive, but not just stay alive, but also improve. To thrive. To continue to thrive, to continue to be better, to continue to come back and not give up because that's what life is. It's going to continue to try to knock you down, but you don't let it. That's the thing. The second that you let it knock you down, you're quitting. You already gave up. And you we're always, not, we're you not always, here about quitting. Yeah, you always have to find that silver lining, right? And what did I say when I called you? It was like, well, I was going to pick up my friend, but actually now I'm free, bro. So if you oh, want yeah, to record yeah. a podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the plus side, now I have time to record a podcast because yeah, I'll be funny. here. <laughs> it was funny when you when you presented it. I was like, oh, uh, what? I was like, what happened? And then you told me and I was like, no fucking way. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't know how often this happens around the world or, you know, around the U.S., but... For some reason, it happens like so often in our area. It's becoming yeah. a really big thing with like Priuses 
And that's what I thought. I was like, I thought it was just mainly Priuses right now. I thought those were the hot cars, but I guess yours is too. I was like, damn, bro. Like, they're getting everybody out here. Yeah. Like, luckily, the truck I drive is not all that great. So, if they did it, I mean, they have nothing to take away. <laughs> like, yeah. They'd be, like, looking all night for it. Like, what the hell? Where is it? You know? Right. But, yeah, I mean, life is going to knock you down no matter what. There's always obstacles present. They're always going to keep coming back. But the more you build yourself up, the more you discipline yourself, the more you commit yourself to being the best version of yourself, the less those obstacles really mean to you because they're nothing. You brush them off. You move them out your way. You step over them. It's nothing. That's all it is. There's no need to, you know, be dwelling on it or dwelling on the past or how am I going to overcome this? There's, it's less thinking, more acting. Take that's all it is? I think that's a good point to end this podcast. And Omar is going to bless us with a great excerpt from the book Can't Hurt Me from David Goggins. I bug everyone about it, but now I'm going to bug you guys about it too. Yeah. You should definitely read it. This is my third time reading it. He's a, he's a fucking dog. He works. A That's fucking it. dog. <laughs> a savage. He's a savage. He's a savage. And, uh, and yeah, and here's a quote. The whole point of the 24-hour mission is to keep up a championship pace. Not for a season or a year, but for your entire life. That requires quality rest and recovery time. Because there is no finish line. There is no finish line. Keep chugging along, people. <laughs> <laughs>